What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer. I am Jeremy Jackson, host of the Sports Medicine Broadcast. We are starting off National Athletic Training Month with Women in Athletic Training, a large Facebook group. It's about 9,000 member Facebook group of women in athletic training. So I've got a couple of the board members here, Megan Smith, Chelsea Lowe, and see, I already do it. I said, I'm, I'm, I told you. Every time I ask somebody their name, so it's Marin, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Marin Carroll, I, I don't know what it is. Marin Carroll. So each of them give leadership to women in athletic training. They're part of the board. They've got lots of uh, cool stuff that they're working on, and we're going to talk about all of that stuff. And then also a week from today, today is March 1st, again, starting off National Athletic Training Month, will be International Women's Day, so another day to celebrate women across the world um, and just all the, the changes that's happening in the world to reduce the oppression or the, uh, I don't know, whatever you call it, but making women a, a second class to men. So, again, celebrate those things, celebrate National Athletic Training Month, the women, and, and all the wonderful contributions to the world and our profession as athletic trainer. Um, going back to the intros, Megan is an assistant athletic trainer at Illinois State with about seven years in, and she's a chair and, and a founder of Women in Athletic Training, where she's working on her MBA, um, and then also works at a bouldering gym. So I know I've talked to Rick Cox. Uh, he actually was wearing a sports medicine broadcast t-shirt when he fell off of a a rock climbing thing and dislocated his elbow. So that was, you know, kind of cool, I guess, that he was at least wearing my shirt. Uh, so Ch- Chelsea Lowe is the assistant athletic trainer and insurance coordinator and instructor in the MAT, and they call it the MATR there. So that's Masters of Athletic Training and Rehab. Um, and it's also a mom of two young kids and a career, a wife of a career firefighter. And then Marin is a head athletic trainer and director of sports and medicine and apparently has lived everywhere in the world in her nine-year career as an athletic trainer. She's got the FIFA football medicine diploma and a mom of a one-year-old former so pro, former pro soccer player and coach who is watching the kiddos right now um, while she is off working. So again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash women in athletic training two. So women in AT2 sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash women in AT2 because about two years ago I talked to Katie Breedlove and so one of the things they said is they've kind of got a new set of leadership a new energy new drive so with that being said I'll give it to you guys what is new with women in athletic training man a lot has changed in the past two years and I, and I mean it's um, always for the good and um, you know we just kind of within that time we had a change of leadership and what we did is we lo- we launched what we call Watt 2.0 and Watt 2.0 and um, we started in about September of 2019 and we regrouped and we really reevaluated where we want women in athletic training to go and how we want to start um, kind of rebranding everything and um, after putting out um, it, so now we do an annual survey to kind of see what our members are wanting. Um, we've seen so many great things happen within the group and within the board. And um, it, it just kind of led us into creating a whole new set of, you know, vi- mission and vision and, and what we want to call women in athletic training. So, you know, our, we, our values and one of the, the sayings that we say now is, Watt is more than average and average stands for our core values, which would be, which include 
you know, authenticity, virtue, empowerment, respect, advocacy, growth, and elevation. And Chelsea, do you want to elaborate a little <laughs> bit more there? Like you, you started writing some of this too. <laughs> no, for sure. No, we, uh, we really just sat down and wanted to be intentional about everything that we were doing. Um, and we, at that time, I think we had like 7,800 members and we really sat down and went big with it. We met at least weekly um, with homework heading into each week um, and really put all of our brains together. And it was a really cool process to be a part of, um, just to be kind of like in the room where it happened um, and really be able to dig deep and get into values and mission. And like, I think a lot of athletic trainers should be a part of that, no matter what setting they're in. Like if you really can get down to your why and, and be purposeful, like, it was awesome. It, it was a shift, I think, for each of us personally. It was a shift for the group as a whole. Um, and it really, like, gave us a direction to move into, um, which was huge. So we're a little bit big on acronyms um, because we really, you know, like, you want to try to fit things in as, you know, as healthcare, we use a lot of acronyms anyway. So um, like Megan was saying, we are the women is more than average. And so that gives us all of our values. And for everything that we do, we come back to our values within the group. So authenticity, we're going to speak from a place of value for yourself. Um, we're really big on building each other up and empowering one another and showing up for one another. Um, it's not what is so much more than just a Facebook group. Like it really is this 9,000 strong network of women that are awesome and athletic trainers and, and humans and, and going through all the things. So being authentic in the space is, is big for us. Um, and then um, being virtuous, we're not, um, we're not a place for ranting. We're not a place for venting. We're not a place for a negative space. You know, we really want to be that place where we're lifting each other up. We're rising above. We're taking it to the next step. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have struggles. That doesn't mean that people can't come to the space with um, frustrations and um, problems that they're dealing with, either in the workplace, out of the workplace, in athletic training or not. Um, but I think a lot of it is realizing the power of the word and how you rephrase something to the group. Um, so I think that's a lot of kind of where we head. Um, empowerment is probably like our top thing um the empowered women empowering women is is our mission is our value is our goal is our is our talk is our walk um and like that's that's huge for us and i think for all of the board members and i'll definitely speak for myself instead is that um leading forward leading with knowing that i am an empowered woman and acknowledging within ourselves i think a lot of athletic trainers can be very self-deprecating and undervaluing of themselves as well so when you start to rephrase it as you are an empowered individual and then you can take that and bring others along with you i think it changes how you enter a space for me it changes how i interact with athletic trainers on the sideline when i meet a visiting at or when i'm in a space as a visiting at or when i'm in a conversation with someone it it changes how that goes um respect is is very straightforward um we don't really run into issues with that we don't have trolls we don't have any of that in our online space and it's amazing um advocacy obviously we're stepping forward for HEs and women and anything that we can do to empower a woman in her space whether it's helping her work through an hr issue whether it's giving her um 
support and guidance uh, through a clinical case that she's dealing with or a parent moment or whatever that that thing is that she's dealing with like we're going to be there for that that person and by we I mean the 9,000 of us in the group because obviously like I'm not gonna chime in on every case I don't have all the knowledge but amongst the 9,000 of us there's some amazing knowledge that goes in um growth we're always on the move like we we want to be big we want to do big things and we challenge our members to do the same and then obviously we want to elevate um not only each other but we want to elevate the profession as well and we really want to be that um that kind of that that shining light that empowerment moment because if we're empowering each other then you know we'll bring the guys along too we can do that as well so i think like the more than average is where we come back to every time. Uh, you mentioned uh, you're at 7,800 members and you said you really want to go big. So is the is one of the goals to continue to grow the size? I mean, I think that's a positive to always grow the size. That means that we're attracting people that want um, that growth mindset and want to be more than average. But I don't think that's our primary goal. I think our if we're going to grow, I think it want, we want to grow in um, resources and we want to grow in what we can offer our members um, because the more that we can offer our members, then the, the more of a actual resource we are for each other to help support and, and empower each other. And, and what we believe is if we are able to help create our member, like we want to create a better space and a better profession overall, but if we individually start to improve ourselves and um, elevate ourselves to another level of education and standard as an athletic trainer, we will overall elevate the profession into hopefully a better better space and better uh, future for whatever is to come for the profession. <laughs> and we continuously um, look into all of our, like the admin aspects that Facebook gives us. And it's more so we're looking for how many people are interacting, how many people are reaching out and being there for each other. It's not so like, it's, it's awesome to say 9,000 because that's, that's sweet. Um, and I, and I do get a little, um, a little chip on my shoulder every time I meet a new AT and the first question is, Hey, are you in what? Awesome. Let me help you. Let me help you be a part of it. Let me help you use this resource because you're missing out on this resource that's available for you. Um, but it's also that, I mean, that first, that first, um, questionnaire that we sent out, I think we had something like 800 responses. Like that's huge for AT and Facebook in general for that many people to actually want to voice their opinion and have a moment. And then we had not, not that many, but we had close to that on our, the latest one that we just sent out and we have open, we have open answers and people aren't leaving those blank. Like they're giving us their thoughts and opinions and where they want to see Waco. And we read every one and we listen to every one. So yeah, we want to grow in in width, but we were really more focused on growing in depth. All right, Marin, your mic is muted, so you've been kind of quiet. This, this. So what? <laughs> what do you have to add so far? It's basically it's like Megan said. Like, yeah, we we want to get many members as possible. Like, we want every female athletic trainer in the country and then we want outside of the country we want athletic therapists in canada we want physiotherapists in europe like as big as we can get awesome but the main issue is that we want people to participate and we want them to pick each other's brains and like chelsea said each one of us doesn't have all the knowledge but i feel like with nine thousand members all of us have all the knowledge so all the knowledge is in what 
So <laughs> you just got to ask and you're going to find it. And that's our goal. Like the board members routinely will post questions asking the group, hey, what's this problem? And right away we get five, 10, 15, 20 responses. And there's like athletic training is such a, it's such a profession where you keep on learning and you keep on learning and you keep on learning. And like, this is such an amazing way to increase that knowledge because it's not like you're ever going to have 9,000 coworkers in a job that you can tap into whenever you have a problem. So this is the way that we can just, you can learn so much and we can advocate for each other and we can help each other with our problems. Just recently, I talked with Alan Parcells. He works at Amazon and he was saying that that's a great place for, you know, moms who want to be actively involved with their families um, just because of the regular hours, that kind of thing. So what does the membership breakdown look like for you? Because I know all three of you work with college sports. I'm obviously in a high school. What does that look like in women in athletic training? Everything. (laughs) I mean, even even our board makeup, we've got um, a public safety, we have industrial, we have private high school, we have public high school, we have NAIA, D3, 2D1, I think that's everyone just on the board. And I think that's, am I forgetting someone? She's an, well, and like, one of our newest members is an NFL spotter for concussions too, yes, which is like yes. the coolest thing ever. So she works <laughs> at a high school and she works for the NFL. And we so think, it, and we have a little bit of position practice in there as well. So for one of yeah. them, yeah. so, you know, it's a, it's a wide variety, a variety within the board. And I, we try to represent um, as much as we can. And especially with this past year, um, trying to cater to athletic trainers employed or not employed um, and trying to provide resources and trying to um, as with networking and, and um, career opportunities um, it, that has been, uh, I think, a huge influx within the past year that we've been able to help. And I, from what it sounds like and from the feedback that we're getting is it has been a, a huge resource for people as they're reaching out for jobs. Obviously, we can't confirm that everyone's getting jobs. <laughs> um, but um, like that has been one of our focuses as um, and, and catering to the needs. You know, we, we're going to have plans and stuff and try to meet um our, our members for what they they're looking for, but it trying to adjust and pivot because uh, 2020 and so far for me, 2021 has just been a constant pivot. <laughs> um, so I don't know about you guys, but you know, I think that's kind of the fun of being a part of the board too. Mm-hmm. All right. I know when I talked to Katie, I think they just recently had the new Orleans social event. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they were just talking about doing the Las Vegas one. So uh, just recently I had a conversation. There's a lot of people with depression and suicide. And do you think that COVID has affected or what have you seen from women in athletic training? What are, what are they needing from that group? Each other community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're uh, such a solitary profession. Like this is yeah. a profession where so often <clears throat> you work on your own but more than many other professions, you need someone to talk to and you need someone to, you need a resource to tap into or you just need like a shoulder to cry on or anything. And just providing that, like, this is my first job. And I don't know how many years where I actually have like coworkers who are also athletic trainers. So there's so many high school athletic trainers, junior college athletic trainers, 
people working in physicians practice where they're the only athletic trainer, like having that kind of network to like tap into for someone who knows what you're going through, especially in COVID is huge because a lot of professions are getting uniquely hit by the COVID problem, but like athletic trainer, like our job description has just like exploded with all the things we have to do. Chelsea had to organize an actual testing site at her university and they have shifts every week where they're testing and they're processing COVID tests. Like our jobs have gotten huge and stressful and now we have, and we still have someone to talk to about that, even if we're on our own. Like we're, we had to go back to work, literally being afraid of catching a deadly disease every day and trying to prevent your athletes from catching that same disease. I think it gives everyone a, a brave space to come together. I mean, even even in organizations where you have a ton of other ATs that you work with, whether it's physician practice or whatnot, you don't always feel like you can ask a question. You know, there's a lot of um, of fear of someone thinking that you are stupid or that you don't you shouldn't belong there. Um, I think there's a lot of that and being able to ask that question and what being able to ask that question is is huge because then you're not afraid of any backlash. You're not afraid of any fallout. You can, you can come present. And we, when I said earlier, we don't have trolls. Like we don't have that problem. Um, everyone assumes the best in a scenario. If someone's struggling, they're not like, well, did you do an eval? Of course we did an eval. We're athletic trainers. Like the basic <laughs> things are already assumed. And that's huge for ATs. Like assuming the best in each other and then answering a question in that way it's only going to better for our patients, for each other. But like for COVID, it was in the space that we all came to. Um, it, we, for a while, we ended up having like COVID brainstorm sessions, um, like full on mm -hmm. Zoom community sessions. And we broke it down by level, by area. And we had all the NA or as many NAIAs wanted to get on a phone call and hash out how it was going to impact them or how they were going to go about it or what they were going to do anywhere from like, what are we doing for coolers? Or do you even have the staff to what D1s are doing, how they're going about it? And it was a space where athletic trainers are great at risk management. They're great at foreseeing all the problems coming down the road. So let's all get in a room and solve the problems. And it was awesome. So I think that like the mental health perspective is knowing that you have that group to fall back on. For me, that's absolutely what it is. Like knowing that there are other people on that struggle bus with me we're all gonna be there together everything is fine we're fine but that you're all in it together like there's there's a huge component to that like you're you're on an island but all the islands are like attached which is nice <laughs> you mentioned the group calls for you know all the nai athletic trainers whatever it is so do you have to be part of women in athletic training or is this something that y'all put out like to public for social media or you know through the network and allowing men and women both to join that kind of thing. So we had, um, that was just for our members. And we said, hey guys, let's put a collection of the minds. Let's, um, we put it on our social media to try to help encourage um, further discussion so that they can come together with notes. So if you, like for me, I do have male coworkers. Um, you know, we started to brainstorm that session and, and brought to what we could. Um, and what we would do is, um, I, I, we had one for high school, D1, D2, D3, NAI, you know, and we had 
such a great turnout of because we were in charge of creating these policies and procedures that frankly don't exist. <laughs> um, and so we're everyone's starting from scratch and um, all of us coming together with already some kind of baseline of notes or how we're, uh, we're starting this, this thought process, this blank sheet of paper and pulling it all together so that we can all create something great that, you know, is catered to each setting and to each um, the needs of each athletic training um, facility, then that, that's like something that is huge. And um, I'm hoping that these women are able to bring that back to their coworkers and to their, to the other, um, you know, males in the profession and say, Hey, this is what we're creating. This is what we're thinking. Let's bounce some more ideas because what we discuss is not going to be, you know, there's no cookie cutter in athletic training. There's nothing that's cookie cutter. Um, so trying to help start that conversation, start that baseline, um, and, and, and get that moving to help create, I guess, a better, better space for everyone as they're walking into the, the, the storm that is COVID and athletics mixed together. <laughs> but we're also, we're also really protective of our space, um, yeah. in, in terms of, you know, opening it up to public. That's, you know, we're, we're here, we're here for women. Um, and we're here for a population that has really struggled to um, own the space. And yeah, technically we are now the majority in, in ATA numbers, but I promise you it doesn't feel like that. Um, and especially when you get into the different um, breakdowns and different levels, it's, you just don't see it when you start getting into leadership roles, when you start getting into pay scales, when you start getting into maternity leave or time off or any of that, like we're still... We're, we're by no means um, leading the way in that space. And so, I mean, you, you have to give us your BOC number to join the group. If you're a student, we need to know what school you're at and when you're take, sitting for your BOC. Um, and, and we protect that. And um, I think that's part of what makes the space a place where people can, can show up wholly and authentically. Um, and I mean, women in general, um, I know for myself, we struggle a lot with the imposter syndrome. Um, there's been plenty of studies that have come out that if, if, there's, a, if there's a job posting, um, if a male meets one of the five criteria, he's like, yes, I'm in, let's go, I'm applying. And women, we want to meet all five. And we're like, ah, I still don't know if I have it. I'm, I might apply. I should put my name in. And, and there's, there's just a shift in that. So how can we be there for our members? And it's in the space. It's 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 protecting um, the authenticity. It's protecting that space for our members. So do you have um, like set? I don't know about breakout rooms is the right word, but like subtopics or subgroups within within the women in athletic training. Because just thinking about like there's the minority women in sports medicine or the AT sisterhood or um, you know maybe there's like professional sports women in athletic training that kind of thing. Do you have th those different subgroups to help? those people connect? I think they do. Um, I, and we are more than willing for those members to share that information within our group. Um, but we're, we're, we're really a all for one, one for all. Um, in fact, one of our rules uh, for postings is you can't specifically only ask for a DM. You can't specifically only ask for one piece of information. Because if you're asking that question, just like in, in classes, there's more people that probably have that same question. So we want we want it all out in the space 
And just because I work in D1 doesn't mean that what's happening in high school doesn't affect me. It doesn't mean that I don't have a question that an Amazon person is going to go through, especially if with all of the career shifts that are happening, if you start paying attention to all of the different beats, it makes it a lot easier to jump into a different setting. It makes it a lot easier to start thinking about what that next place is. If I only stay in my D1 bubble, I don't, I don't know what else is going on in the AT world. And that doesn't help me as a person, as a practitioner, as an AT. It, it doesn't help us to, to disseminate. So we, we pretty much all just stay in the one zone. Did y'all have an event planned for Orlando? I mean, the plan was to have something. <laughs> I mean, we were looking into it and then, um, yeah, that was quickly, we're, we're shifting, we're pivoting again. Um, and we're, we're trying to provide because, um, like you mentioned, the mental health aspect of it, you know, everyone wants that community. Um, like last year, what we ended up doing, it was a, um, a wine and canvas night. You know, um, everyone was... Um, Everyone was, it, it was a, a rough time, you know, lost a sense of purpose, um, a lot of uh, stress at work, someone's, you know, whatever it was, we needed to come together, be able to turn off our brains and turn off all the responsibilities that we have going on. Because, you know, as athletic trainers, we're, we've got so many things on our docket that we have to get done. Um, turn those off and be a, a female for a night and relaxing drink some wine and we all painted a Watt logo. Um, I had a friend who was able to kind of instruct us on how to, or, you know, I don't know for you, but I'm, I'm not really the most creative. Um, so I needed every little, how do I draw the circle? Um, kind of thing, you know, it, it, it's little things like that where it, it makes you feel human again a little bit. And I think that's what we need to re- work to trying to, you know, remind our, our, our members is that we're more than an athletic trainer. You know, we, we identify so much because our, our job consumes us so much. Um, and so I think when we are doing projects and we're making plans, we're trying to incorporate that as well to remind our members that, you know, this is obviously a very huge aspect of our identities, but let's not lose ourselves and like what we, who we are to our core um, to this because, um, you know, as you get older, things are going to evolve and things are going to change <laughs> and like um, priority is going to shift and that's okay. Um, and so I think that this upcoming, you know, NATA, we're going to figure out another kind of social, but virtually again. So hopefully we'll be able to reach out again, get as many members as possible involved. You know what? Virtual was awesome. Like <laughs> it is as, as a parent, as um, someone in a staff that you only get, like there's that, ro- there's that rotation, you know, of who gets to go win and, and budgets are extremely short, let alone when you add COVID on top of it and they're non-existent or, or, you know, even if, even if we had had an ATA last year, no one would have been able to go because no one was allowed to leave campus or anything. Mm-hmm. So, and it wasn't just like athletic training wise, like professors and faculty weren't allowed to go to any of those. So having things virtual allows people to be there allows parents to be there i can't i can't take a week and a half off and go and do all the athletic training things that i want to do now granted i'm on a road trip for a week a week and a half but that pull that took a lot to pull together like my team i'm 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 in a hotel room right now and to be able to travel with my team i had to pull out all the stops and i can do that for 
my job because I have to, but doing that to be able to be present at NATA or any of the um, regional conferences or even state, like that, that takes a lot. So honestly, as someone who has always wanted to go to NATA every year and definitely can't afford it, can't take the time, can't be there, or like your sport is at the exact same time and there's no way you can just bounce for a week. I love the virtual setting. And I love like our social last year was sweet because it was almost dead silent the whole time, but it was because everybody was like owning it. Like they were turning off their brain for an hour and in the middle of June or July, whatever month that was, I don't even know what month we're in right now. <laughs> technically, we're, technically we're in March, but like no one knows what day it is. Um, everyone came in and just kind of like took off the stress and put it off to the side and like got to hang and chill and giggle or drink wine and paint and kind of just take off all of that, which you don't necessarily get to do at um, an ATA in person either. I mean, you walk, you, you kind of stay in your little groups that you know people of, or you might meet someone else, but I love, I love the virtual setting and I hope that more conferences offer both as we move forward, as we move out of COVID, as, as we continue to evolve as a profession, we need to be offering hybrid. We need to be making that an option for athletic trainers because we're not, we don't shut down. We don't have baking hours. We don't have days off most of the time. So asking a ton of people to all be in the same place, who's covering for those people, especially when we're in single athletic trainer zones. So I like virtual. I'm excited for what we can come up with for our members, hopefully a multi-night option. So that those that weren't available on Wednesday will have an option on Thursday or Saturday or what day, but we'll be all right. We'll pivot. Like Megan said. All right. So we've talked a lot about what y'all have done, how y'all have been shifting the the culture there. Um, You know, and it's just interesting how you say that everyone feels like they have a voice. So with 9,000 members on social media, that, that's really a pretty good accomplishment if if everyone feels like they have a voice there. I know in the secondary schools athletic trainer Facebook group, there's some of that stuff that we mentioned where people are like, oh, well, you're an idiot. Why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do the evaluation? Yes, I did the evaluation. That's why I'm asking you this additional question, what other ideas you have. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so what is the future looking like? What What is coming up in the near future for women in athletic training, we just talked about, you know, the virtual event, um, possibly for the Orlando NATA, but what else is beyond this year? I think it's going to be constantly evolving because like, that's where we're the life that we live in. But, um, I think, so like we mentioned before the end of the year survey that we do, but at the end of every year, each board member, um, we do a passion planner roadmap where, um, it's like a brainstorm session. Everyone does individually and, I really love passion planners. So like, don't get me too in depth. They're like, don't ask too many questions. Cause I'll go on and run up. But, um, uh, but it, what it does is it breaks down five minutes, unlimited opportunities and unlimited possibilities of your three month, your one year, your three year and your lifetime goals. And we do this specifically for women in athletic training. And we try to combine the needs that the, the members are requesting from us. And what we see is um, uh, some priorities and some of these, what we call like passion projects and combine them and try to evolve into what's next and how to plan. And we plan out kind of quarterly for each um, uh, event and things, or at least to kind of get a rough idea and then nail down um, 
the, the finite specifics at our, our weekly or biweekly meetings on Sunday nights. And um, like, for instance, like NITM, what this month we really want to focus on, you know, the emerging settings. You know, everyone thinks of an athletic trainer as that person who, you know, is on the sideline of athletics, which I'm guilty because that that is my setting and I, I love it. Um, but I, I'm not as educated. I don't think um, at least when I went through school, I, it was touched on, but I don't I didn't know much about the emerging settings. So what we're planning on doing is we're having um, established women within those settings in those emerging fields come and talk to our members, especially the younger ones who know that uh, to help shine some light, knowing that that is an option moving forward. You don't have to be on the sideline to be an athletic trainer. You can be working in so many other things and, um, and really kind of getting some insight and it's kind of like a casual conversation and, and getting to know these people, mm. which is more of like a, a networking at the same time, as well as like an educational thing. Um, and then also in the middle, like later on in the month, we're going to be um, talking with a professor who um, specializes in ne negotiation tactics. So, you know, right now we have so many members and athletic trainers who unfortunately have lost their jobs or searching for new jobs because they're, they came like, there's a come to Jesus light. Like, this is not for me. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, that's what I think 2020 and the pandemic has caused. It's a lot of internal revitalization and saying well, it's time to pivot like everything else in life right now and so um i think that the bringing light to the emerging settings and potentially giving them the tools for negotiation tactics will help set them up for um success and um hopefully keep them within enough within the profession because um it's very known that once women start the family life, the life family balance or family work life balance, man, I can't even talk today. The work life balance and, and, and trying to balance a family on that. Like there's a lot of people, we lose a lot of amazing, intelligent women um, because they feel like that's unattainable. And that's like, that's sad. And we don't want that. Um, so trying to shine light on all of the other opportunities out there that are not the sideline, I think is something that are one of our immediate goals for this month. And I think, I think long-term, like, <clears throat> I think the, the two quotes and phrases that come to mind are the more serious is from RBG that women belong where decisions are being made. And we're going to do everything in our capacity to make that happen. Um, that's <clears throat> as small as becoming a official CEU provider and as big as having our own conference. Um, that's absolutely in our, in our goals. Um, we want to have, um, sponsor panels at all other conferences and not just panels for women, but teaching and empowering our male colleagues and our male leaders to show up for your women, be advocates for your women. Um, I know for me in my, in my space, the biggest thing that, that um, my director of sports medicine has ever done for any of the women in our space is make it a space that um, empowers us and encourages us and allows us to have our family around when it's, when it's unnecessary, you know, school, school days cancel. And he knows that parents, that's my first role as, as, a, as a parent. So if we have a day and now there's no school, either you can have no athletic trainer or we can find an area that um, 
encourages that life-work balance that allows you to come in later and only worry about what you have to worry about. Or if you can't take the day off, there's no guilt. There's no, oh, of course it's a parent thing again. Like, no, go home, be with your parent, go, go do, go do what you need to do. Or for even our, our, um, our, our young professionals, you had a really, really long, rough day yesterday. Take today off, stay home. That's okay. Like go to that wedding, go to that place empower those those things so that we're not trying to decide between having a life and being an athletic trainer it should just be kind of the all-encompassing thing so i think that like that's that's what we want to do and we're gonna we're gonna take the that we have to do the quarterly steps to get there right like you can't you can't just can't involve the deep end and hope it's gonna happen like you have to have the steps to to build that but like i don't <clears throat> i'm i'm a little bit of a nerd anyway so like in hercules where they're like indoor plumbing it's gonna be big that's what we're going to be like. We're going to be big. Like we're going to do big things. I know I'm a dork. It's fine. I own it, Marin. It's fine. Um, but like, that's what we want to do. Like we want it. We want to encourage people to show up for each other, women to show up for women, men to show up for women and women to show up for men. Cause when you show up for me, Oh, I'm going to show up for you. You start making it more difficult for me. I'm looking for a way out. I'm looking for a better opportunity for someone who wants me to be there, who encourages need to be me in my space so i got two things just this weekend my my wife's sister and her husband they had a baby and i was like you know whenever my first son was born he was born on friday i went back to work on monday because nobody told me anything different nobody told me everything that was going to happen nobody told me about all the tiredness the needs and so i always 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 say hey if you can take a month off, then do it. If you can take a half a day every day for a month, then do it. You can never get that time back. And then, you know, I tell the story. My wife was sitting 10 feet from me. I was washing dishes so that she didn't have to. She was nursing our son. And she was mad because I wasn't just sitting there with her in her misery. Because at the time, she didn't know what she was doing. That's a, There's a lot going on when you first have a kid. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it because nobody told me. And so I love that you're saying, hey take that day off. Hey, take that time because you can't ever get that back. You can't ever get that back. And I know my regrets, but I can only imagine what it is with all of that connection and, and emotional and hormonal stuff that was going on with my wife. Like, I don't think I'll fully ever understand that. Uh, and so again, I love to encourage new parents that to plan appropriately, make sure you take that time off. I know that's one of the things that you guys are working on is making sure there's maternity leave. So definitely continue to encourage people to do that. Um, and then the other thing was my coworker, Sophia, one of the coaches here said something about, oh, well, if I have a problem, I'll just come to you. Okay. So what I said was, well, we're both, we're both uh, athletic trainers. She's actually certified. I'm not, she's, she's really good at her job. So uh, you're, you're just going to have to come to both of us. So in that scenario, how can I empower her and support her? What could I have done differently, maybe said better um, in those situations? I think reassuring because it, it commonly, and it, it kind of is what it, it, it is, it is what it is. We're trying to change that norm. But right now is we have these, fem- or these male coaches who they're going to come talk to the male athletic trainer 90% of the time until they feel like they can. Cause unfortunately, um, I mean, I worked football in, um, undergrad and they're like, do you even know what's going on? 
I'm like, funny it is because I do like, thanks. Um, but you know, and it, it's just because I'm a female and, you know, <laughs> in, encouraging and, and educating, like encouraging these, these male coaches that these doesn't matter the, their gender or what they identify as they are good at their job. They're certified. They, um, they know what's going on and I'm, they may not know every play in the book, but when an injury goes down, they will know what to do and how to handle it. And your athletes are in good hands um, and just reassuring them and uh, making sure that they, I mean, will they ever feel comfortable? Sometimes you're never going to like, um, they're never going to feel comfortable sometimes and they're going to continue to resist. And I, I encourage and I urge you to continue to push back and say, no, you know, we are both here and you're not going to get me full time. You're going to have to talk to her that she is capable and allow her to do her job, give her the opportunity to do her job. And um, it sounds real stubborn, but it's like sometimes the coaches are just as stubborn <laughs> and trying to adjust to change. I think it's also um, the words matter. Words matter a lot. Um, so not just the words that you came back at immediately and not just the words that you had later on. You're like, Hey, so-and-so stopped me today. He might be checking in with you. Um, but it's the day-to-day -day words matter. Um, and when you, when you start being part of conversations in terms of safe zone training and, and those kind of things, you can say that you're going to be an advocate, but unless you show up daily, it doesn't matter. It just, it doesn't take a whole lot for me to know that you're just trying to talk the talk and not walk the walk. So I think that's the biggest thing. When we look for advocates, when we look for um, those those spaces that are truly showing up for their people, it's they're showing up on a daily basis. That they're not assigning sports based on gender. They're not assigning you know days off based on this. They're constantly having those conversations. They're not saying you know degrading or demeaning jokes. They're not. You know, it, it's the little things, but it's the little things that you start paying attention to. Um, and then I think there, there's going to be a shift. Um, all, most of the coaches or most of the um, the elder people that are in the athletic training realm, um, both in and outside of the profession, they're, they're eventually going to move on. Um, and they were around a lot of women athletic trainers in a space that wanted them to be there. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm about to leave my young professional um, title and at my very first NATA, I got to sit down for coffee with a, with a green jacket and told him that I wanted to, <clears throat> told him that I wanted to work football someday. Um, and he stared me straight in the face and said, I don't believe women should do men's sports. And that was a hall of famer talking to a brand new grad saying, no, you need to change your dream. That sucked. And I challenged that right back because I was a, I was a bold, brave, newly graduated <laughs> kid, right? And um, said no, like, and his his example at the time was what 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 happens when they take a shot? And I was like, um, I'm not evaluating that on a female nor a male. They know their anatomy better than me, so it doesn't really matter. Everything else, I am fully capable of. How dare you exclude me from that space? And the more those conversations. <laughs> those challenging things are happening that's that's when it matters so that was only 12 years ago that that conversation took place, and those are still happening believe like there are still people 
in our profession in very high roles in um, not even just in leadership roles, but that have been there for years and years and years. And I've been around the coaches and, and that mentality, that'll shift, but it's going to take, it's going to take a bit. So more advocacy, just like you did that you, it was just a quick conversation, but on the grand scheme, if everyone starts having those quick conversations, like that changes things big time. I know one of the things uh, like this football season, I was outside most of the time and Sophia was inside most of the time. And so one of the coaches would say, hey, what's up with so-and-so? I was like, I don't know. Uh, Sophia has been doing most of the rehab. You'll need to check with her. And so for me, that's kind of like, I don't know all of it. Ask the one who does. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's another way that I can continue to say, hey, you got to trust her. Hey, she knows what she's doing. Or uh, you know, we'll have a, a varsity football game and a varsity volleyball game. And so essentially we split. Uh, I think there was four that, that overlapped or intera- or whatever it is, um, conflicted. And so she went to two of the varsity football games without me. And I went to two of the varsity football games without her. And, and again, that's another way that we're all working all of the sports. And again, just building up that trust, making sure she's comfortable without like overburdening, but uh, making sure that everybody knows that she is perfectly capable of doing that job. There is one tiny thing that people miss out when they're saying hi to a visiting AT that we hear a lot in the in the group is don't assume that the visiting AT is the biggest or tallest or male walking forward. Because a vast majority of the time from what we're hearing, it's the female athletic trainer walking up to introduce herself with her two male students and they get approached when the handshake and the, hey, I'm this person, and it's just assumed that the female is a student. Like it's a it's a little moment, but it changes the entire landscape of the rest of the game. You already undermined her role. You already took away from her authority. You already showed her that she didn't have value on the field in that moment. So like not assuming anything. That's a good one. And I had talked to you probably a year or two ago, um, Dr. Angie Curtis. She's a, a black doctor, sports medicine doctor. And that was one of the things she said she went into as the doctor into the patient's room with the I think it was like the server or the, the butt, you know, like the resident, I don't know, somebody wearing like the janitor or something like that. And they said, Oh, well, that guy's the doctor. Like, good night. She's, she's here wearing her stethoscope and, you know, doctor's coat. And I don't know. I, I don't know. Cause <laughs> I don't ever get that. So, all right. What do you feel like are the two big issues that we can, that I can help women with uh, that you guys are working to improve? two things. I think one of them would have to be the education element um, of one. I, part of it is we are healthcare. I mean, it, that's our, our, our thing. I think that's our, our, our theme for this month, obviously for National Athletic Training Month, but that women working male sports are, again, kind of, we kind of just touched on it a bit, are just as capable, just as knowledgeable, just as as, as much of a, a person in the room as their male counterparts or their, um, the coaches that they, they can make, they are big decision makers and they are capable of being big decision makers. And I, again, I think we kind of briefly touched on, just touched on this, but like just working on becoming that, that daily advocate for women as big decision makers is, is really just one huge step in helping in that involvement of the profession and involvement involvement of women within the profession and um, the future of what the profession will potentially come into. Do you guys have a second one? 
All right, well, why, what do you think? Or we can we can come back to that later. But man, you've worked in professional sports, and so that's kind of one of the things that they've mentioned a couple of times is women in professional sports. Or Chelsea said that she was basically denied the opportunity to work in professional sports. Talk to talk to your role, your understanding, your experiences in that just a little bit. So it's crazy because soccer is a lot different. Um, for most professional sports in the U.S. Um, I mean, it's the biggest professional sport in the world, but like in England, when physiotherapy, which is their version of athletic training, started out, only women were allowed in the programs. Like they only had the restroom facilities and like the locker facilities. They're like, nope, only women. So we're like, there's a different perception of female physiotherapists overseas which is what i have a lot of exposure to and even in the u.s like i worked for a little bit as a prn for a usl team which is like the second level below mls and they flat out told me the head coach wanted a female athletic trainer with a team and it's crazy because this the way that the athletes see it is like, I don't want to say it's a homophobia, but they would rather be touched by a woman. <laughs> and it's not like, it's not like in a sexual way or anything like that. They're more comfortable with being handled by a female. And I think this goes along the same lines of my husband said that when he was in the military, like the female medics, like you just felt so much more taken care of because of our, more of our tendency to be more nurturing um, and it's just the way we are. So is there that many female athletic trainers in professional in the soccer in professional soccer in the U S no, there's some, um, but just like all the other professional sports, there's not a huge amount, but I think we actually have a decent amount of leg up on the other sports because it's already been normalized. I mean, Chelsea Football Club, one of the biggest clubs in the world, they had a head physiotherapist years ago. And so it's, it can be a better environment. It really can be. We still have the challenges. Um, when I worked in Philadelphia, we were hiring another athletic trainer to work with me at the academy. And a female staff member said, well, shouldn't we hire a male so that there can be one of each? And I looked at her and I was like, I'm just gonna hire the one who's most qualified and it was a female you know that's just how it happens so it's coming from all sides but especially in soccer I think that those hurdles have already um been overcome and so there's still there's still challenges 100 percent I mean that physiotherapist at Chelsea football football club ended up getting blamed for something by a coach who I'm not a really big fan of. And she ended up getting all the way down the organization because she ran out onto the field because of an athlete faking an injury and she got blamed for it. Do I think that would have happened to a male? It's debatable, but you know, culturally, um, some cultures tend to blame women more than other men. And that culture just happened to be one of those, you know? So there's, we're, I mean, what was it? This year's Super Bowl, there was four females on the sidelines, like one athletic trainer on each side, one assistant coach on each side. I mean, that's NFL. 
the Dodgers had a head female athletic trainer for a while now. Like, how many years has it been now? So we're getting there. We're still in the minority, but I think once those barriers are broken, like it's it's only going to go up from here. I think the second part to your what are the two things is um, being able to teach boundaries, um, being able to teach boundaries of how you treat people, um, being able to uh, allow for boundaries um, in that work-life balance. Um, women, women are going to take things home. We sit with it all night, all day. We're constantly thinking about it. We want the best for our, our patients all the time. Um, my husband knows I don't have an off switch. <laughs> like it's not, it's not a thing. I'm constantly thinking about, oh yeah, I could have done that with this or like, did I like that interaction or what can I do next week? Or we have this coming up. Um, there's, there's just that, um, that, that empathy piece, um, that, that we have built into us and acknowledging that and helping to curtail that to support the woman in the room, um, to say, Hey, no, no, no. Like here we turn phones off at 10. I don't care whether your coach, coach texts you at 11. I don't care whether they turn, they text you at 2 AM. You're not going to answer. And if they start complaining about that, they can answer to me and I will shut that down immediately. Having their back when, when those confrontations happen, um, when, when someone is putting their foot down and saying, no, this is what's happening, whether it's a COVID test, whether it's holding a kid out, whether it's just a simple thing as whether or not we're going to change this for this, you know, 24 hour notice on practice and schedule changes that goes a long way when a director says, Nope, sorry, our athletic training staff will not be covering that. You can come out to us. We'll be on call. We don't, we don't do that here. We're going to set boundaries. If you start setting boundaries for athletic trainers and women are going to be hugely impacted, like that to me would be everything to be able to give boundaries to my young professional, to be able to give boundaries to everyone, not just on, the, the, you know, the constant thing that we have with us all the time that we have to shut off when we're on a podcast because they're going to, they're going to blow up my phone. I put it on do not disturb because I know it's going to be blown up. So being able to, to support that with our women athletic trainers, regardless of age, regardless of setting. Um, I think that's huge because we're, we're going to take it with us. You know, we, we constantly are referring to and for, for better, for worse, that there are kids, you know, I have, I have two children at my house that they're under the age of six that I gave birth to. And then I have, you know, 21 student athletes that look up to me and walk in for everything. You know, over the course of my years, I've had kids come to me with, of both genders, of um, pregnancy concerns, of severe mental health issues, of, you know, parents and grandparents being diagnosed with terrible things. Um, even just in moments of like, I just need to sit, I just need to stay in your office for a minute. I just need to talk this through or like, I'm going through this or I'm going through that. They're going to come to us and have those conversations. And, and that's what we're here for. Like that's, that's that motherly piece that's built into us. Not that males can't do that, but it's, it's ingrained into our souls and being able to help our, our profession harness that energy, but also like limit it to, to a work-life balance model would be tremendous. I see on social media, athletic trainers talking about, yeah, I couldn't sleep because I was thinking about my student athletes or the injury or, you know, like we'll have conversations even 
you know, my wife last night was upset about something. I'm like, ah, well, for me, it's just like, oh, I'll just wait and see what happens kind of thing, you know. And it, it's not that heavy emotional burden that I have to, that I'm bearing. It's just kind of like, but also that's kind of me, you know. I would say I'm not very, like, emotional or empathetic, and she would probably say the same. But it's just, for for me, I've never really felt, like, this huge burden for the athletes that got injured. It's like, all right, well, it is what it is, you know. So I, I have trouble understanding mm-hmm. that. So tell me a little bit more if – Sophia has that going on. Obviously, I can I, I can ask her how I can support her. But if other people's Sophia, their coworker, their female coworker, what are some of the ways that I can have those conversations or things that I can ask that will help support that? And I know you said, you know, with the athletic director saying, hey, these practices won't change, those kind of things. But specifically that situation of that emotional burden, how can I help support that? Listen, um, I think listening is huge. Um, I think um, when they're coming to you with a question about um, an injury, it's not most of the time it's because they just, they just need that. Yeah, you're on it. That's exactly what I would do. That makes perfect sense. Or they need like, Ooh, have you thought about that one thing? And then they're able to move forward with it. So like, I think it's just like listening, understanding that it's okay that you don't have to empathize to the level that I do, but I do empathize to that level. Exactly what I would have said. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, cause you, I mean, like there's, there's no way you're going to be able to change that, that internal grain of us that do bring that home, but being that support system, knowing that, um, I guess further in a way further validating their role within the athletic department, within the athletic training field, um, and, and listening as they, you know, sometimes it is like a coping mechanism to kind of get through and push it out. So it they, it no longer is so much of a burden, but it is there. Um, just that active listening can go, it can move mountains. And thank you. Um, yeah. As as a profession, we're terrible with that. <laughs> we don't we don't get thank yous. We're we're not, we're hardly ever in team photos. Like we don't do it for the spotlight but that doesn't mean that we don't deserve all the accolades that come with that spotlight that we help achieve. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you see them go the extra mile or just when you see them have a hard day, like, Hey, you're awesome. Keep doing it. Like it Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be something fake. We're not looking Mm -hmm. for pop, you know, the toxic positivity of like rah, rah, this, like, you know, that's fake, but like just showing up and being like, Hey, I appreciate you and what you are doing. And like, just, just keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome. Like that, that sits with you for years, like just little things. Like it, it, it shouldn't, that's, that's not good, but like it does, like you, you want that, you want that, like, Hey, you kicked ass today, like way to get that kid back. Like that was a challenge. I don't know how you manage that in 24 hours, but like, that's awesome. Do it again. You know, like just being there for each other in that way, like with our board, we do that for each other. And it's like, that's part of the reason why our board has become such a tribe is that we don't have that, you know, like that toxic positivity. We have that authentic, um, moment but and we'll call each other out for random stuff like when I go on squirrel tangents but we also acknowledge like the big deals like you just got that kid back there they could have been out for weeks with that like that's awesome We're like you were able to advocate and get them into a dock that fast holy cow like that's awesome like the little things that we, we might take for granted as ATs like you're still working your butt off you're still doing the things and women we, we want 
a little bit of thank you. We want a little bit of that affirmation, that positive affirmation. Those are huge. Like just acknowledgement is huge. All right. So what I think I want to do is actually have you practice that. So with you three, I want you to give each other an acknowledgement, just something, you know, obviously it needs to be personal, but I mean, it needs to be personal, but also needs to be publicly shareable because this is live stream so while you get while you got a second while you got a second i'm gonna uh talk just the other day my wife was like hey jeremy if you like one of these meals that i'm cooking can you tell me because when i cook for the kids they almost never like it and you know i put thought and effort into these meals can you just tell me and it goes right along with what you're saying is just give you that little thank you just just say thank you and so it is important in all of those things. And yes, my wife stays at home with our kids, which I'm not sure if it's any easier or harder than being an athletic no. trainer. Uh, so yeah, we have, <laughs> we have three bio kids and then a foster daughter. And so there's a lot going on with all that. Oh, your wife is such a bigger rock star than you are. <laughs> yeah. <doing> that. yeah. <laughs> she that's can, she can have her too. own broadcast and she would just like <laughs> blow it up. It, she's, she's tremendous. Like definitely go home and do big things for her. <laughs> Even, you know what though? And the big thing doesn't have to be like bringing home flowers. Big thing is like cleaning the bathroom. Big things are like, making sure like, Hey, I will always take care of dishes. I never want you to clean up after dinner. I'm gonna own that. You know, like just, just little things like that. Like that's one thing that my husband and I worked out like with both of our schedules and our kids and things being hectic is like, I hate dishes. I hate them. I loathe them. I don't want to do them ever. And he's totally good with it. So like, that's one little piece that like, I can destroy the kitchen or I can bake my head off and be fine. And he's like, I got this. And I appreciate that. And that's him showing up for me in that way. Like he's like you, he's not an empathetic guy. He's, he's much more action than words, but like when his actions are that they speak, they say, they say a lot. But your wife is awesome. (laughs) I think so too. (laughs) All right. Who wants to start? I got this. All right. Marin, you are an awesome mom. You're killing it. I know it feels like it's hard sometimes. And um, you you have run your athletic t- department of like 400 athletes, I might be slightly off, by yourself for the past six months. And if you can't do anything else, like that's like, that is a milestone or a mountain that like not many people can say that they've done on their own. And under, that, that should be an achievement. Give yourself a pat on the back because like, if you can make it through that, you can make it through anything else that your career is gonna throw at you. And then Chelsea, you are one of the most so chelsea is um in charge of all of our canvas and our creative she is by far the most like her her mind just it's i don't know if i could ever like get into her mind because it just it goes everywhere it is one of the most creative and one of the most passionate people i've ever met and she when she puts her mind to it she's gonna throw herself all in you are also a great mother i so growing up into the profession like not too many um I never had many athletic trainers that were mothers that could show me that you can do both and you are one of those who have shown me that you can be an AT and you can be a mom at the same time and that is something that like is again not super common but we're going to create a new norm hopefully and you are in that process of creating that new norm and you're being an awesome mom even though you have to be gone for a week for your kids I know that's like slightly like a high and a low for you because Mm -hmm. like um you know, I don't have kids, but like, 
I'm sure it's kind of nice to get away every now and again, but, <laughs> um, um, but you know, like keep doing it, keep doing great things. And, and, um, you know, both of you are making waves and have bright futures. Jeremy, you, you gave us a challenge here, pal. Um, I, I don't like compliments. Um, and I, and I crave them at the same time. It's a, and I think a lot of women are that way. Um, we, we need the affirmation, but at the same time, we're like, don't look at me. I can't, I can't do it. Um, you, so. I think it was, I think it was on Ellen. Shia LaBeouf came out and he was like, he comes out clapping. He's like, I always do this because it's always nervous. Like when people are like cheering for you. So he's like, he's like clapping so that you're not having that nervousness. Like, uh, I'm just sitting here taking a compliment. Right. <laughs> so you go, you gotta, you gotta adopt that. Yeah. Clapping for uh-huh. myself. All right, Chelsea, go ahead. All right. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go the easy route first. Jeremy, I appreciate you um, for having us on. Um, this is something that we absolutely had on our list of goals. Um, it's something that we um, – it's part of the steps of being in the room where it happens and being in a national presence is having conversations in bigger spaces and having conversations with males and having conversations with males that are listening. Um, so I appreciate just the invite um, to come back and and check back in on us. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, Marin, you are absolutely the most like honest and um, passionate about athletic training person I know. Um, the the turmoil and the the path that you have been down to get where you are. Um, I would not have been able to get through. Um, I would have ducked out of the profession long ago. Um, and and every time that you're given the chance to bail on it, you lean in harder and you want it more. And that makes me want to lean in harder and want it more. Um, and you show up for anyone that will show up for you. So you challenged me to show up for you. You challenged me to show up for my athletes and to be brutally honest um, and I very much need that, and I appreciate you. See, she doesn't like getting compliments. I don't like it either. None of us, all of us, are extremely <laughs> uncomfortable in this moment. Of all of the, of all of the questions you've asked, this is the most uncomfortable of all of them. But I love giving. But on the altar side, I love giving the compliments. Like this is easy. Yeah. This is the easiest question you've asked by far. But it's also on the on the receiving end, the worst one you've asked by far. Um, and Megan, like, thank God that we ended up in the same sport, in the same conference, on the same court five years ago. Um, and that, like, I, you're, you're basically my sister at this point. Um, we've been through so much highs and lows professionally and been able to be there and show up personally. Um, the way that you lead the board, no one else could do that. No one else could, could um, stay as passionate and, and wrangle in um, all of the different voices and, and not get frustrated with it and not get overwhelmed by it. And like, you just add it in, like, no big deal. I'll just do it on top of my MBA, on top of my other job, on top of the other things I'm doing. Um, by the way, she also bakes. Like she has her own Instagram for baking. And I'm not talking like, here are some cupcakes. I'm talking like she should be on the Great British Baking Show because she is that like, I love, I, I need to live closer so that I can actually enjoy the things that she posts. So like you do, you do all the things and you do it with grace and you do it with ease and, and, um, we're better for it. Papa. <laughs> right. 
again and the receiving and this is like, mm. <laughs> it's like kind of itchy almost yeah i know i, I want to be like off the screen like i'll just be over here and you can look at my background and yeah, yeah at least you didn't have to go last like me um these two <laughs> girls are verbose when it comes to this stuff and i um you just use the word verbose so I think you're fine. Fair. Yeah. That makes, that's like a self-fulfilling descriptor because now that's what I hope to be. Um, all right. I'll start with Chelsea. Um, Chelsea and I actually met when I was like put onto the board. And then all of a sudden we exchanged addresses, all the board, and we found out that we were living in the same town. And we're like, oh, <laughs> that's cool. And then we didn't meet until the pandemic when I brought her a cake. But um and then Chelsea, I had her like, over to hang out for a swing set moment. Like it was socially sweet. distanced. Yeah. Yes. We were socially distanced. <laughs> While she yelled at her five-year-old to stay away from my one-year-old because he didn't understand. <laughs> he just wanted to share uh, in the love. Yeah. Chelsea, like Chelsea is the first female athletic trainer that I've seen in my career who was able to do everything. Like until, until I saw this girl, it was always part-time with kids or full-time and single obviously that's not like a hundred percent the rule or anything but like the fact that this woman can have two small children a division one athletic training job and she like literally that department would fall apart if she wasn't there and they probably are as we speak because she's in alabama like she and it's not i'm not trying to knock on them that's how incredible she is at keeping everything organized at just single-handedly making sure everything gets done before COVID. And even during COVID, I'm pretty sure she's like a vampire and she only sleeps like one hour a night. Cause I don't understand <laughs> how someone can get that much done in that amount of time and be such an incredible parent. Like uh, she's, pretty much my hero like I go home and I watch tv with my husband at night Chelsea goes home and she like does more stuff and then eventually goes to bed I mean like even just last night we had a zoom call like a zoom board meeting and we stayed on yeah. a little bit later to work on this I became a zombie which means we had to like shut it down because like yeah. I, I was falling asleep in the meeting Chelsea probably stayed up for an extra two to three hours worked on some zoom backgrounds and like some graphics for NITM and again we woke up to her messages in the group chat yeah exactly <laughs> she, she she was awake when we were this morning and she had a bunch of messages in our group chat of like all right yeah. who's ready <laughs> she is she's amazing she really is amazing and she's she's my soul sister because we're both from Colorado but we live in Iowa which is a whole other can of worms but um <laughs> she's amazing now Megan is this incredibly high level volleyball athletic trainer at a D1 level as well. The questions that she asks the group and in injuries, I wouldn't even know that that was a question. <laughs> like, and like the clinical knowledge that she has from her experience, like her athletes get such amazing care from her and so much attention and I believe you got like an after hours text the other night of one of the athletes just like text messaging you when she wasn't even supposed to thanking you for everything that you do like she's the epitome of the athletic trainer who's so incredibly appreciated by her athletes but not enough by everybody else 
And she also does a lot to keep her program together. So these two, I'm actually glad that I got to go last. Cause like you guys are just stop <laughs> yeah stop you ran you your whole department by yourself yes come on it's it's you know whatever it's whatever yeah see but. we can't take compliments we can't do it it's not a thing but like <laughs> in our in our weekly or bi-weekly meetings at uh, at the very end we go through each other's highs and lows to then you know champion each other through the highs and lows to help get each other through because again we've kind of created our own little mini tribe in uh and a support system um, because again, we're more than ATs and there's more going on in our lives than just athletic training. And, and those need to be recognized almost just as much as our goods and bads within our work lives. Yeah, and I will say that like in general, I think women, especially around sports, who have grown up around sports, shy away from other women and friendships. Um, I thought the idea of having a women's tribe was complete bogus. Like, that's not a thing. People don't actually hang out. Like, unless you're in a sorority, then fine. And then, and then I joined this board and like my world flipped. And so I think we're really like trying to build that into what and show that there is this genuine beat of women that are here for each other, that help shine the light on each other instead of pulling the light away. I mean, the, one of the quotes we first started off with was you don't have to dim someone else's light for you to shine. In fact, they can all shine brighter if we all shine together. So like being able to actually like understand and value women friendships and being able to show up for each other and hold each other to higher levels and, and do that. Like that's, that's what we want for Watt. That's what Watt's been for each of us. This is awesome. I, I appreciate the the genuine appreciation for each other, the example that you're setting, uh, the wisdom and advice you've given me. So again, March 8th, 2021 is International Women's Day. And I think it's always March 8th. I think it's always March 8th, um, whichever year is International Women's Day. And again, today is March 1st, which celebrates National Athletic Training Month at the start of. And as an athletic trainer, hopefully you are celebrating that, but also hopefully you're celebrating and empowering the women around you, just like I've done with Sophia, you know, and, and we, when we hired somebody new, we wanted an athletic trainer, a female, so that, well, obviously we wanted the best person, so we didn't discriminate, but we wanted a female so that the athletes would have somebody to better to relate to rather than two old white guys, right? And, and there's a definite difference when, with Sophia versus me. And I'm, I'm so glad that we've had her, we've had her, you know, and my wife and I've had lots of conversations about just how much, we en I enjoy working with her, and the kids enjoy her as well. So there really is a place for women in athletic training, and if you don't know where that is, if you don't know how to find that, then join the group Women in Athletic Training. Uh, it's on Facebook. If you just Google or Facebook search Women in Athletic Training, it'll be easy enough to find there. It'll have the symbol that they've shown. I think. No, not all three of them, but Chelsea and Megan have it on their thing here. It's also on the, the graphic, but it's really impossible to miss. It's the women in athletic training um, and check that out. So Chelsea, what's going to be the best way for someone to get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, my, my personal email um, or Facebook or Twitter, or apparently I'm on Instagram now. I <laughs> joined this year so that Megan could join Twitter because I told her that the AT Twitter world is blowing up. So it's good to keep a beat on that. Um, 
yeah, I have a I have a personal email I can I can shoot to you so you can add to that too. That's probably easier than my work email. All right. So I'll have that in the show notes. So Megan, best way to get a hold of you? Um, best way to get hold of me is through um reaching out, emailing me, my personal email megsmith seven six eight at gmail dot com. Um always I have it as an IT, always checking my email because you never know when things are gonna change. Um, so yeah, reach out. I mean, I'm on social media. I'm not, I just figured out Twitter. I don't really know how to use it. still. I'm 30 years old and I'm still learning. Um, but, um, I'm on, if you Instagram and, um, Facebook, um, if you're within the group, you'll be able to find me easily within that. Um, Mm -hmm. but always feel free to reach out. We're, we're here as a resource. And Marin? Uh, email. Definitely. I, I don't even have a Twitter anymore and I'm an old lady who's only on Facebook. So uh, my Gmail is Marin C. Carroll, M-A-R-E-N-C-C-A-R-R-O-L-L at gmail.com. Then I mentioned yeah. the women in AT at gmail.com. So you can reach out and I think that goes right to Megan, but then it's easy mm-hmm. for her to disseminate yeah. from there. So women in AT at gmail.com course i'm on pretty much all the social medias with mr jeremy jackson or sports medicine broadcast but definitely reach out to them a woman a woman in athletic training or a man who wants to get better at advocating for women obviously Mm -hmm. nine thousand members are doing something right groceries out say hey what can i do how can i help how can i have the same conversation that you know we had today on the podcast with my Mm -hmm. staff or something like that so reach out email women nat at gmail.com or um, one of the other ways that they mentioned here. So one of the partners that I have is Frio Hydration. They provide us with some hydration stuff. And one of the really cool things that I like is the hands-free units. Um, we just got four more of them. So we're looking forward to all the sports seasons where they don't have to put their hands on the, the watering units anymore. So check out Frio Hydration if you're interested in any, any of the hydration needs that you have for your outdoor teams. This is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash women in at2 again sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash women in at2 so the number two not two so for jeremy megan smith chelsea lowe Marin carroll and the sports medicine broadcast women in athletic training that is a wrap thank you thank you thank you, thank you.